Hey, Dan, how's it going? It's going great. I'm here with my two new friends, my two houseplants. Your children, you mean? My two children here, they were inspired by your green thumb. When I went to visit, you have countless plants, and I decided that I needed to spruce up this place. Well, I welcome you to the crazy wild adventure that is plant parenthood and we're just so glad to have you you're about five levels above me i got ones that are designed for incompetence it's not like yours where you have to commune with them spiritually and (laughs) figure out what they're feeling and go to great lengths to make them happy well i think this is just a great litmus test to how fit you are for a career in medicine because if you can't keep a plant alive how can we expect you to keep a patient alive right well based on my track record so far maybe i'm going to be leaving medicine soon because some of the plants have not looked so happy but this is another chance for me to shine let's move on to the paper so today's topic has actually been a pretty hot topic in the world of medicine and that is artificial intelligence or ai as the cool kids call it i feel like it's all the rage everyone's talking about how ai is going to change the landscape of medicine and and even other things like tech and finance which are things that we have absolutely no idea about But let's talk about AI in medicine. There were actually a few papers that came out recently that really go into an in-depth discussion about what the future holds for AI in science and research and medicine. The first is a paper called Foundational Models of Generalist Medical Artificial Intelligence, which was published in Nature in April 2023. So let's start pretty broad. Dan, can you tell us about where artificial intelligence is right now in medicine? Sure. So it might not be obvious, but artificial intelligence has actually been around in medicine for quite some time. There are over 500 FDA-approved specific artificial intelligence programs. Most of these are image analysis applications. For example, if you have a sample of blood from a patient we might want to know about what types of blood cells are in the sample. Early versions of the software were approved more than 20 years ago, so they've been around for some time. And these specific applications of artificial intelligence have only increased in recent years. For example, nearly 100 were approved by the FDA last year. I see. So the past and present of artificial intelligence in medicine really revolves around models that are trained to perform a specific task. This perspective piece that we're going to talk about today, however, discusses about generalist medical artificial intelligence. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Sure. So the future that this article talks about is generalist artificial intelligence. And We might not know it, but in recent months, we've actually become quite familiar with these generalist models outside of medicine. Over the last year, it's been hard not to hear about these large language models, such as ChatGPT. These are, of course, models that have been trained on massive amounts of text data 
and have learned associations between different words and can use these associations to have conversations and generate really remarkable outputs. For example, you could ask ChatGPT to write a poem in a Shakespearean style describing how to change a tire, that sort of thing. These models are not trained to do a specific task, but are generalist models in that they can do all sorts of things. Okay, so in contrast to the specific AI models that have been approved in medicine over recent years, the idea of a generalist model is that it can flexibly do different tasks. What would be characteristics of a generalist model within medicine? This perspective piece talked about three characteristics relevant to these generalist medical models. The first characteristic is their flexibility. Instead of being able to do just one predefined task, you can ask the model broader questions. For example, instead of the model taking as input an x-ray of the chest and determining whether or not there's a pneumonia there, you could ask it to explain whether a mass that appears on a brain MRI is more likely to be from an infectious cause or from cancer. The second characteristic of these generalist models would be the ability to take different types of data as input. Of course, medical data comes in all different forms, including existing medical notes describing a patient's medical history, images from biopsies of different tissues, different medical imaging approaches like x-rays, as well as lots of numeric data from different lab tests. The generalist AI would be able to integrate all these different classes of data to approach the task that you're interested in. And the third and final characteristic would be that the models would be trained with medical knowledge to improve how accurate their outputs are and to try to explain their reasoning in medical jargon. As we learn in medical school, a lot of medicine is based on causality in that one change in a part of the body leads to another change. And the model could be trained to represent this sort of causality of A leading to B, which would be really helpful for its accuracy as well as for helping doctors understand how it's reasoning to the answer that it gets. So there are a number of differences in these generalist models compared to specific ones we talked about before, including these three that you mentioned here, which are flexibility, input of different types of medical data, and training on medical knowledge. What are some examples of tasks that these generalist models could be good at? The perspective piece discusses a few potential tasks that I think are really exciting. The first is documentation. And this is exciting because a rather universally disliked element of the medical practice is the need for documentation in the medical record. For example, when a patient is hospitalized, doctors must write daily progress notes summarizing what has happened, as well as long summaries at the end of hospitalizations. And a generalist model could integrate data generated during the hospitalization to draft these reports. Another application could be greatly improved radiology reports, so that's reports on medical imaging, that integrate 
everything else going on in the medical record. As we mentioned before, there are many artificial intelligence programs now that are specifically designed for interpreting images, but these more generalist models could interpret the image in the context of everything else that's going on in the medical record, aware of other lab tests and the patient's history, for example, and it could more intelligently highlight different elements of the image that are concerning for a doctor to then go in and more specifically review. I think it's really exciting how many applications of these models there are and how it's really freeing up time from universally disliked tasks that doctors have to do. I think overall, ideally, these models will help doctors make better decisions and free up more time to do things that doctors prefer to do, such as talking to patients and being at the bedside. At least for me, it was a pretty big surprise just how little time doctors spend seeing patients. And I'm, I'm sure it was a surprise for you too. A lot of that time is just spent in the workroom and documenting and writing these progress notes that are really, at least for me, were the bane of my existence. What are some of the challenges that may come up in developing and implementing these models? Because it would be a pretty dramatic shift from the way we do things right now. Yeah, I think that's a great question. And there are a number of important challenges between these theoretical benefits and the models actually being applied in the hospital. I think the main one has to do with the complexity of these models and the challenge of verifying their outputs. Now these models can, in theory, integrate data across specialties, including laboratory tests, diagnostic imaging, and electronic medical records from different medical specialties and all of their different opinions. So validation of the outputs of these models likely couldn't be done by one physician, but would likely involve more comprehensive review from many doctors, which would make it more challenging. There are also concerns about privacy, because these models are trained on data that already exists, which will include existing medical records. And we wouldn't want the output of these models to include existing records explicitly that might compromise patient privacy. And lastly, the models are also trained on existing data. And we know that discrimination and social bias is present in the medical system and in our medical records. And that these models will be trained on that biased data has the potential to perpetuate harmful associations and be underpowered to generate output that's most appropriate for groups that may be marginalized in the healthcare system already. Overall, like, what are the vibes right now within the medical field in terms of incorporating these generalist models into practice? I think the vibes are cautiously optimistic. I think we're in a really exciting time for the application of artificial intelligence in medicine. And it's because a lot of the practice of medicine comes down to integrating diverse sets of data and performing association and pattern recognition. And those are all tasks that these models are really good at. Patients often come into the hospital with immense medical histories, with immense amounts of data and imaging and previous assessments that have been performed. And hopefully having the software can 
make it easier for doctors to do their work and empower them to free up time to do things that doctors are better at that computers aren't, like talking to patients and understanding their priorities and being at the bedside and not tied down to our computers in the medical workroom. It's giving patient-centered care, and I love it. All right, Dan, thanks for sharing that with us. Our second paper that we're going to talk about was one that was published in Nature in April 2023, and it came out of Stanford, and it's called Blinded Randomized Trial of Sonographer versus AI Cardiac Function Assessment. So now we're putting humans head-to-head with AI, so this should be pretty interesting. Can you tell us, Dan, more about what the model is trying to perform here? So the specific application here is about imaging of the heart. A common way to assess how well the heart is pumping blood throughout the body is something called the ejection fraction. And the ejection fraction is the fraction of blood that is pumped out of the heart every time it squeezes. When the heart is diseased, often the ejection fraction will go down because the heart is not squeezing well enough. And the most common way that ejection fraction is estimated is with echocardiography, or echo, which is a fancy term for taking ultrasound images of the heart. These echo tests are often performed by a technician who will gather the images and annotate the study as a preliminary read and then send it to a cardiologist for confirmation. This study was comparing the performance of these technicians to an artificial intelligence model for estimating the ejection fraction. So the design of the study was to compare the technician's estimate of ejection fraction to the estimate of the AI model and to see which one performed better. Can you tell us a little bit more about the design of the study? So here the researchers identified about 3,000 of these echo tests that had been performed recently and randomized the tests to be initially assessed either by a technician or by the artificial intelligence model, again, both of which would give an estimate of the ejection fraction. Then those same echo tests would be sent to cardiologists who would estimate the ejection fraction themselves. And the cardiologists are assumed to be the most accurate, so they're the ground truth. And then that ground truth would be compared to the previous estimate, which had either been generated by the technician or by the artificial intelligence model. The outcome of the study was whether the artificial intelligence model or the technician had generated an ejection fraction estimate that was closer to the so-called truth estimated by the trained cardiologists. And just to reiterate, these are experienced technicians who were estimating the ejection fraction with an average of about 14 years of experience. So the study was trying to look at how well the AI model compared to the technician estimate of ejection fraction with the ground truth of the ejection fraction coming from the cardiologists. So what did they find? Maybe not surprisingly, because we're talking about this paper, they found that the artificial intelligence model performed better than the echocardiography technician, where 27% of the ejection fraction estimates from the technician 
were substantially changed by the cardiologist compared to only 16% of the estimates from the artificial intelligence model being substantially changed. In other words, the technician ejection fraction estimate from a person was nearly twice as likely to be meaningfully changed later on by an expert than was the estimate from the artificial intelligence model. Wow, that's a pretty big difference. And of course, the AI model is nearly free to run once it's developed and it runs instantly. So that's a major difference apart from improvement in performance. There seems to be a lot of advantages to the AI model. Absolutely. And as we talked about before, there have been many other uses of artificial intelligence in medicine and in cardiology, but this is the first one in cardiology that's rigorous in that the assessment was randomized to human or AI and blinded to reduce bias throughout the study. This seems like the first study to rigorously show in cardiology that an artificial intelligence model can be superior for initial assessment of ejection fraction, which is a very commonly performed test in the hospital. Got it. So to sum up today, we've talked about the present and future of AI in medicine. The present is characterized by more narrow, specific models performing a single task, while the future promises more generalized models, more like humans. So what you're saying is that we're all going to be out of a job one day, right? Good thing we have this lucrative podcast we can fall back on. We'll just be doing this every day. And that's why we have backup careers as scientists. That's true. Netflix all day. I think that's where we're headed. So now you're really selling this to me. All right. Thanks for sharing this with us, Dan. See you on the next one. See you later, Derek. This paper is called Blinded Randomized Control Blinded Randomized Trial of a Sonography Oh my god. Blinded Randomized Control Trial. Oh my god, why do I keep saying control? <laughs> blinded Randomized Trial of Sonographer Blinded <laughs> Ah, I'm having a moment. Okay. <laughs>